Welcome to My Mind is an unconventional podcast that invites you into the minds, lives, and practices of creatives in a space where everyone is welcome. I'm a recently graduated college art student, an emerging artist in my early 20s, dedicated to infiltrating the contemporary art scene through candid conversations with other people pursuing creative lifestyles in this digital age. I'm your host, Julia, and I welcome you to my mind. Hello, welcome to my mind podcast. I've been really inspired and excited to record or, you know, film lately for the podcast because I'm borrowing a microphone and testing the waters and it it, it makes it feel more official and feel more like someone's listening. I don't know, like there's an audience because there's a microphone. I know there's a small audience here, but I don't really know. I don't know. The, I, I, get, I see so much hate about podcasts that I'm just like, is it bad that I have a podcast? I don't know. I'm just trying to talk about art and build an art community that I was so seeking after I graduated from college. And I was thinking about today how people always say that like (laughs) oh my god how everyone has always said like college is the best years of your life and like whenever I heard that I thought that was the most lame thing like the most lame thing I ever heard I was like I freaking hope not I was like I hope not like in my first two years of college I was like I hope this is not the best years of my life because this is not great but once I got into like my major and started doing art and basically just following my dreams, which did start in college for me, I was like, okay, now that feels like the best time of my life. I also went to like a school that I, it was like a commuting school. Like it was like a small school that I drove to and like did not get the college experience, quote unquote, from like living there. And so I think that's why a lot of people say that because they're like, you have no responsibility, but everything's paid for. But which, like, not everyone can relate to that. Um, I can't relate to that. Uh, but I think people that go to state schools and maybe, like, have this, the tuition paid for and, like, you're just living on your own but you're not paying for it. You know, like, that is a different thing. Uh, that is not my experience. And so I was like, these are not going to be the best years of my life. But honestly, the years of college, the development that I had personally and, like, artistically... I would say have been the best of my life so far and I'm coming this whole podcast kind of started because I am like recovering from that from that really high and then coming into like a low I guess not that like a low in a bad way like I'm sad or like well (laughs) but like not like it's like horrible after college and it wasn't I don't know I just feel like a lot of people would say that college was the best years of your life for the wrong reasons And I experienced really beautiful things for the right reasons, I think. So I got to, like, experience exploring my art and just being a part of an art community and growing in that part of my life in ways I don't think I would have without college. And I'm a big advocate advocate for college. If you can um, afford it or find resources get scholarships and it makes sense for you and you want to like I I totally am an advocate for it um that's not what today's episode is about (laughs) but I I always have to have like a mini tangent before we really start you know it's not really a podcast without I mean that's the whole point is that I'm talking 
but I was just kind of explaining some of the backstory of I did I'm doing this because it inspires me to go to art shows it inspires me to talk to other artists it inspires me and I know it inspires others and I think we could always have more of that into the world and that's why I made my podcast and I know a lot of people have podcasts and I've like not received hate but like comments I guess about like how like everyone has a podcast and like you don't matter and this and that and I don't know I think people say that and it's it is true that a lot of people have podcasts but that doesn't mean that's like saying there's a lot of singers so you shouldn't be a singer like what is this logic that's not an art logic (laughs) art logic is I'm gonna do it anyway and I'm gonna do it my own way so I'm gonna say this on here too since I guess I do have this platform that I am wanting to do a poetry podcast where like episode I'd love to do a bunch but I'd love to start with one where I've had this idea for honestly months like since I started the podcast as a way because everything I do and I'm this is what this episode is about is how everything I do I try to merge into the art world okay so I'm going to explain more but like I try to incorporate everything I do into the art world like the fine art world uh there are different I feel like little sectors and neighborhoods you could say of the art world and I always try to merge the art world with stuff that maybe wouldn't always be considered the art world for instance like a podcast okay for instance like a craft like I I make a lot of paintings that are like recently this has been inspired an inspiring underlying theme for some of my work is what is a painting and that was definitely from a college class I got inspired from a college class because of that my last semester of challenging what a painting is and so like pushing the boundaries and limits of a painting not just keeping it on a square canvas how can I how can I make a painting that's as least like a painting as possible but still a painting how can I do that and there's this whole that's a whole entire thing of the art world and like I said that was inspired from a college class where we were doing that and there was like this gosh I can't remember um maybe I'll edit and like put it in or something or like put it in the show notes but there's this um woman who got into new American paintings and it was she submitted a quilt but it was so painterly like that they they accepted it and she like was one of the new American painting like winners or something like that And that's extremely inspiring to me. It's very like, I don't know, like I guess punk rock in a way, like where you're like fighting, like not fighting, but you're just pushing boundaries, which is what art is about. And I love, it's a, a, the point is like challenging. And anyway, so my point in saying that is that I am trying to find a way to do that with the podcast also. And for instance, like I've, I'm trying not to get into the topic too much before I even like start because I'm trying to explain one thing at a time and I'm getting excited like you can do whatever you want and that's what I'm doing and I'm trying to do it in a way that is different that is mine like for instance everyone has a podcast okay everyone has a podcast let's just say that not true but a lot of people do have a podcast and like if you're not like an influencer or a famous person Uh, Not a lot of people are going to listen to your podcast because literally how are they going to know about it, you know? Uh, So the idea is that I want, even though everyone has one, let's just say, that's the criticism I get is that everyone has one so you shouldn't. And it's like, okay, 
But how can I make it mine? And how can I make it different? And that's like a challenge. It's a challenge for myself. Am I doing it? I don't know, but I'm trying. So one of my ideas, and I get scared of saying my ideas because I'm afraid of people taking them, but that's just the world, okay? So I'm going to say them, um, but I'm going to say what I've been wanting for this podcast. So I have this idea for a poetry episode, poetry podcast, poetry corner, something like that, where it's like a segment that involves a community that's also something I prioritize in my art practice and in my life is like involving community and that's like what this podcast is and that's why I do interviews and sometimes I'm solo but anyway so where I want to have artists submit poems either recordings of them reading their poems and it can be like anonymous or they can get credit uh like an open mic almost (laughs) and so there's that or um if they don't feel comfortable reading it they can have me read it and I'll read it for them and leave it anonymous in that way. Or they can read it and leave it anonymous because unless you have a really recognizable voice and someone listens to me that knows you, they probably won't know it's you, you know. Um, but I understand the concern with that. So there's this idea that you could, you could, you know, submit recordings. Oh, that's my alarm because I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> I'm cooking dinner, so I need to take a break. Okay. But let me finish this thought. Um, If it burns, it burns. So this idea was like people could submit recordings to me of a poem and, you know, I could mesh them all together for a podcast episode. Maybe a video or something could come from that eventually. But and if someone didn't feel comfortable using their own voice, saying it out loud, then I would I would say it for them and then not give them credit or they could also speak and not give them, so I don't have to give them credit either, or they can get credit if they want. So that is the idea. So if you're hearing this and that's something you're interested in, that's kind of, in my opinion, a way that to bridge like fine art world and like, I don't know what this is, not social media, but kind of like media, like media production, I guess. Like podcasts can be seen as very like, I don't know, not business oriented, but it's like a business, I guess. It And it's like a platform. It's another social platform in a way. So that's something that I'm wanting to do to bridge the art world with the social platform of podcasting. And I hope if anyone's interested, send me an email. My email um, is on my website, but it's also my name. So it's juliaxx at gmail. So if you have a poem you want to send they want me to read send that in or you can send me a little voice recording that you record on your phone and I'm going to post about this more on the podcast like Instagram but if anyone's listening and wants to do that that'd be awesome I'll probably even you know read some of my own too so I think it'd be a cool way to get people to be noticed from their poems you know give them some credit but also maybe to share things out to the world in like a therapeutic way that maybe doesn't even need to have, you know, a name associated with it. So, yeah, I'd love to do a little poetry corner, maybe like a 20-minute, 10-minute episode or something like that. Um, But yeah, that is not what I'm talking about today. But what I'm talking about is that kind of thing of bridging worlds and challenging norms of things that are typically done, such as like, maybe really common mediums like even painting or resin is what I'm going to talk about today and I'm going to talk about my love and affinity and relationship I have with paint peels and I'm going to explain what that is 
because I've been wanting to have an episode or just a landing page that if someone asks me what I do, I can be like, listen to this episode. I explain it all. And I've been wanting to make like a blog post about it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to pull my vegetables out of the oven and I will be right back with hopefully a full stomach. Okay, I am back in business, baby. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling rejuvenated. I'm feeling full and grateful that I got to eat a nice little meal and rejoin you all. And you know, it's all about perspective. Like, it's 9 p.m. <laughs> and I could see myself sometimes thinking, oh my god, like, I am working until really late, like, I'm working into the night, and this and that, but I'm just making it, like, a romantic moment, where I am, like, I just ate dinner, I got to take a little break in between, and, like, this is, like, my choice, like, I'm choosing to record this randomly, and I, because I felt inspired, and it's just all about romanticizing, you know, that, like, inspiration, and when you have inspiration, you should record it, even if you have food in the oven, and, you have 10 minutes and that's just that's what passion does you know I touched on the poetry idea and kind of talked about that and now I am going to talk about another way that I try to bridge art worlds I guess you could say and what I do what I make so I have lots of facets to what I make one of them okay so I have like for real I do so I like ways that I make money and also passion projects and then also things that I just do for fun and then you know so a lot of the creative endeavors that I pursue I'll list them I paint (laughs) so I'm a painter uh in the painting realm though I do textile work and like sewing and like large-scale wall hangings And I also do, in another total different side, is I do large-scale portraits that are based on humans' connection to nature. And they're surreal. And they're more focused on, I don't want to say they're realism, um, but they're not, like, abstract, whereas the textiles are more abstract. They're more focused on, like, I guess, technique in a way, like... Like, how can I make this portrait look like this person? And how can I depict these, like, complex ideas? Whereas um, my abstract and, like, textiles are more about... It's about the process of making them. Instead of the end product, it's more about how, like, using intuition. And letting the, the materials guide me. Whereas the portraits are very much like a thought out idea that I execute, if that makes sense. Like it's a pre-planned, pre things change and I get inspired along the way, but it's like very much like a constructed idea in composition. So another thing that I do, this is a huge thing that I do. Well, okay, I also teach paint classes. Like I do little paint workshops and events at like breweries and local businesses and um, nonprofits and private events of like paint and sip kind of style classes. I, that's like where I, my bread and butter and like where I started working in the art field was that. And it's um, a, just a, a trade and skill that I've learned how to teach a painting in two hours and these little workshops that are creative and fun. So that's another thing I do. I host creative events and sometimes pop-ups or like art markets, but mostly the paint classes. The art markets are fun. I'd love to get more into that. 
but it is heading into a slow season because um, the winter is like, that's dead, you know? No one's outside shopping at pop-ups. So anyway, uh, that is a lot of what I do. And then another main facet or aspect, I don't know what the right word I should be saying is. Another main aspect of what I do is I also, again, sometimes I'm scared of saying what I do. Not scared. A part of me is hesitating because I don't, I know that someone could very well take my ideas and it's happened before. However, I'm not the first person to do this kind of thing, but I feel like I, in a way, which what I was talking about earlier with the podcast, just like I'm not the first person to make a podcast, I made this my own. So I repurpose my paint. Sustainability is a big part of my art practice and I reuse, repurpose a lot. I use a lot of found materials and I have this whole podcast episode is going to be about my affinity with my love affair with paint peels. What I call them as paint peels. Paint peels are, how do I explain? Paint peels, how do I explain it to people is normally this. Paint peels are, so when I first started painting, I painted on like plastic palettes or like throwaway plates that felt really wasteful and I always you know when you dye an easter egg or or you paint but dyeing an easter egg is more universal whereas if you're not a painter you won't relate so let you know when you dye an easter egg and the byproduct of the easter egg like the paper towel it's sitting in when you're dyeing it it's really niche I'm sorry if you don't know what I'm talking about but I'm sure you can relate to your life the paper towel that's sitting in becomes this like watercolor landscape and it's really beautiful like there's been times where me and my family will like pick up the paper towels that are you know the the eggs we're all sitting in all these pastel bright colors and be like say something along the lines of oh my god I want to keep the paper towel it's so pretty right but it's like trash kind of but it's like a byproduct of art or you know craft whatever you want to call it it's a byproduct of making is those paper towels and stuff like that. So this is the idea of the paint peels. Paint peels are, I was painting on plastic, but it felt wasteful. And I always felt like dried paint was so beautiful and still artistic, but it couldn't be used anymore. And it was dried and couldn't be blended, can't be worked into. You can't use it for the purpose that it's intended, which is to blend and mix and apply wet so I started maybe a couple years ago like let me say no I started using a glass palette the way you use a glass palette is you paint on it the paint dries and you're able to take a blade and or like a whatever a blade you're you're able to take a blade and scrape off this discarded paint that becomes like a sheet or becomes like what I call paint peels. It's like what you peel off your palette and it's normally very like satisfying, but also it's very beautiful. And I never threw them away because I was like, I I knew I would use them. You know, there's a difference between hoarding and just being an artist. Being an artist, you have to hoard. There's a form of hoarding in it, okay? And I'm I'm really serious. Like, because there is (laughs) I'm like trying to justify it no but really like 
there's these things that you have to sometimes collect and then let them turn into something. So I was collecting these paint peels for a while. And during my solo show last November for my Roads We Belong To show, it's on my website if you want to look at it. I'm under portfolio and exhibitions. I, for the first time, I want to say for real first time, I adhered these paint scrapings onto my artworks to add like texture, viscosity, layers, dimension, all those art terms. I just wanted to add that. And I wanted to also find a way to reuse them and challenge again what a painting is. Because is it painting if the paint's dry? Because I'm technically just like gluing it on or sewing it on or whatever. So is it still painting if it's using paint but the paint is dry? So it became this whole like thing and this whole question and almost like not controversy like no one's pressed about my paint peels but I just mean and I'm also definitely I'm sure not the first person to do this like I don't think if anything I I want everyone to save their paint peels because if not they become microplastics in the ocean and in the trash in the landfill because these like little scrapings of paint are you know, they're really small. <laughs> anyway, so they become microplastics and it's not good for the environment. That was the other idea is that I knew it was not good for the environment. And I love the idea that I cut out the plastic palettes or the paper palettes, but I, so now I'm using a reusable glass palette, but I still, I was keeping the paint cause I didn't want to throw the paint away still, you know? And so I adhered them onto my paintings and my textile works mainly, not really my portraiture works, more my textile work. And I loved it and it became like my thing. Like it became like my paint peels. Like, and I would like get paint peels from people in my classes and my professors. And I, because why throw it away, you know, was my logic. And I was like, it's just, it, it, it's like using a palette knife with medium without having to do that. And the cool thing that I found from it was that it became like, because I would, let's say I, I was painting something and then I scraped my palette from what I was painting it very much, when I adhered it back on, it very much made sense and aligned with the painting. It didn't feel like this random thing I stuck on there of this like plastic paint. It felt, I use acrylic by the way. So, you know, it turned, it's a plastic anyway. So it turned into like, it made, it like very much uh, had a lot of cohesion and made a lot of sense if, if that makes sense. So I always was adhering my paint. That's where it started was, you know, started for with the plates and then it started, well, I want to use glass. That way I'm not throwing the plates away and it's more like makes more sense. And then it was like, but I don't want to throw the paint away still because I really like it. And then it went to me kind of minorly hoarding it, but for a reason. And then I would, okay, now I found a reason. I'm putting it on my paintings, but like what else can I do? And so I've always wanted to get into resin and resin, I've learned, as an artist, I would consider myself an artist and like um, not a, not just a resin artist, not that there's anything wrong with just resin artists, but I mean like I was painting before I was doing resin, if that makes sense. Whereas resin is very much like something that like a lot of people will get into even if they don't consider themselves a painter or like a fine artist or whatever it may be. So I've always wanted to get into resin because it's... I mean, it's really interesting. It's really shiny. And <laughs> that's why it's really shiny. No, but really, like it is. And I love that it became this like hard, like, I don't know. 
it adds, again, adds more layers to the story that I'm trying to tell and my artwork. And so I've always been interested in getting into resin and something connected in my brain. I don't know if I like, I think I saw a video on Instagram of someone like putting, putting like some, I don't know, putting paint in resin or something or like, I just saw that someone was like adhering things in resin. Like, I mean, I see people put bugs and like I saw people put glitter, but I was like, but what can you, I I realized something connected that it was a preservation method. You could preserve anything in resin. I mean, I see this one girl that like, she like dips like Cheerios in like resin and makes earrings out of it, which is so cool. I honestly love that. Um, That's like another topic. But anyway, it's interesting because resin preserves anything and I don't know, I have a debate with resin as a whole because it's tricky because like it's not very eco-friendly, like it never goes away, but I'm like, but is it okay if it's a functional object? But then like the little chips that come off and I'm like cutting things, I'm like, I need to save them and do something with them. So anyway, basically what I started doing was I created an aspect of my business and my art business that's not just painting, but adding paint and resin, dried paint and other which grew okay adding dried paint paint peels and resin to make like wearable and functional art it's grown into incorporate my community so my friend Haley's who I interviewed actually on this podcast Haley Castile she's a sculpture artist and she uses like these holographic pieces of plastic and she's like I have some scraps do you want them to add in there in your resin products and it's turned into this thing that's included the community and people now donate their paint scraps to me to incorporate into this like wearable functional art so I make like candle holders I'll make earrings it started with earrings just for myself I was just doing this for myself as a way to keep using my paint peels because I was experimenting with them in on paintings but I didn't like them on the canvas and I like them more on the textile work and then I was like, well, what else can I do? And just expanding, expanding, doing research and seeing people preserve things in resin. And I've seen people put paint in resin before, um, but this kind of has turned into something bigger. I don't know. So not like bigger and better than other people. I just mean like it's grown into, a, again, what I was saying at the beginning of this episode is a way to bridge the art world with craft. So I now incorporate lots of things in the resin I've incorporated shark teeth and like I've incorporated paint caps and paint bottles and like basically art waste it's turned into a way for me to repurpose my art waste that is functional and wearable and aesthetically pleasing and unique and that's something that I get a lot is that it's really unique like I I really get great feedback on it people like I've never seen this before which it has I believe paint has been preserved in resin before it's not like new but I think the I'm trying to make it my own again same thing for the podcast people love to hate on the podcast thing or on resin because a lot of people do resin a lot of people do podcasts and I have received some hate about the resin thing I've gotten denied from art vending so you know art vending shows art markets art pop-ups um like I've gotten denied like once, maybe twice before um, because I use resin and they're like, weird, you already have another resin artist. And I'm like, okay, I get that, but this is like different. Like it's, it's, it's different. Like it's a whole, like it's a little different than that, you know? Um, and again, if you're going to do something, try to make it your own. And so this is like my way to make resin my own. I would love to incorporate it in paintings and do more. And I have ideas on 
I have some ideas. I'm not going to share that yet because I'm not even out yet, so I don't want to do that. But I have some ideas on how to bridge the fine art world with resin more. With resin products, not just resin. Because a lot of people will, like, coat their paintings with resin. But that's different than, like, making an earring or, like, a charm with resin. Like, that's very much seen as a craft, as not fine art. I, I feel like. Like, and I do it, so I'm not, like, hating. I'm just simply saying I feel like that's... A lot of people have even looked down on me because it's like, oh, you're not really an artist. You're using, like, molds and you're... You're not really making it. And I'm like, okay, first off, are you the freaking art police? Because <laughs> that's silly. Um, but I, I'm learning how to make my own molds and I have been interested in doing that. And like, I'm just, pra I'm learning and practicing. And again, just trying to do everything to make my own because like anyone could buy molds online and, you know, make resin products. Um, so I'm trying to make it my own and the paint peels and learning my, how to make my own molds and my own like my own shapes has been a way to do that and the resin the paint peels and resin I've even incorporated like graffiti debris from Pensacola Bridge that's on my website currently it's November so if you're listening to this in the future maybe it's not but I have my graffiti collection up where I've um, incorporated graffiti debris like it really has became this umbrella of like art waste in general and how can I challenge that how can I push it and how can I use it and reuse it and so it really aligns with what I what I care about by being able to give like art materials a second life that maybe wouldn't otherwise in a way that I really think is unique. So with that being said, that's what I do for markets. And like that's a way that I am able to sell quote unquote my art. Selling my prints and original paintings has been very challenging, if at all. <laughs> I think I've sold one print this whole year, honestly, but I haven't really been pushing it either, like marketing it or anything They're on my website, but it's really difficult to sell prints. It's really difficult to get people on board to grasp a complex idea or something that needs to be explained and understood and connected with. Like that's a lot more steps in the process of connect of like, that's a lot more barriers to purchasing or like a lot more barriers to connecting with. Whereas I have like these very, and like pricing can be a problem too. Like price, it can, you know, like it can be unaffordable for people. Whereas most of the time I, I, I've now, instead of bringing my art prints and things like that to markets, I've brought my, my um, resin products. So like my paint peel products because it's a very like it's okay it's a because I brought my paint peel products because it's a lower barrier to enter to like buy it's a lot more inexpensive and it's functional so it automatically ha has a value besides just someone connecting to it and people connecting to it is just another layer that um helps it to sell I guess or helps it to be successful and whatever like for instance people buy things because they like the way they look if they like the way they look and they connect to the story then that's like it's like another reason to to support it to buy it you know and just talking from like a marketing perspective or like a business perspective so that's not why I necessarily do it but I'm just saying I it's been a lot more successful for me than selling prints. It's not that I don't want to sell prints or I don't 
like, I don't have interest in that. It's just harder. And so now I don't feel this need or pressure to make paintings, which I actually haven't felt this for a while, but like, let me explain. I don't feel this need or pressure to make paintings that I don't like to sell because I'm, I can paint whatever I want and use the byproduct to sell instead of, um, vice versa. And I don't, like, I don't have to rely on painting sales. I can create these, like, little grab products, like a hair clip, which is a lot more easier to connect to than, like, a painting that's hundreds of dollars. And, you know, you can't really bring those to markets anyway. But it would be a dream to have that kind of market as well. But that's more of, like, the, I guess, fine art world and, like, being in galleries and, like, having that kind of audience. Maybe it's bad that I'm kind of rebranding. I'm not, but I'm not trying to rebrand. I just, I do it all. Like, I still am in gallery shows and I still care about that. And I still care about making artworks. But I also care about reusing the byproducts from my artworks too. So it's a way to not feel so much pressure. Or, you, okay, this is what I was trying to say. For instance, if I would go to a market and not sell a print, I'm not going to lie. I feel kind of like shit sometimes. And I'm not saying I should, and I'm not saying if this happens to you, that you should feel like shit. But it happens. It feels like, wow, like no one connects with my paintings. And so now it, but that's not true. And I know it takes a lot to connect with a painting and they need to know the story and maybe the artist statement and no, they need to know so much than just like passing by on like a sidewalk, you know, like than just passing by a tent with some prints that are like 11 by 14. It's not even like it's this huge, massive print. So there's so many, so many factors that go into it. But I, it was really weighing on my spirit sometimes to be like, no one connects with my prints and this and that. And that's not why I make them in the first place, but like I want people to connect with them. And so I, I know people do, but it's just, it, it's just hard to sell prints in general too. They're paper. It's technically not functional. You could argue it as functional because it's like almost educational in a way where it's like a story that you're learning from looking at and experiencing, but you get what I'm saying. It is not exactly functional. And so I've had a hard time selling those. And I don't want to discourage anyone from selling their prints. I would love to eventually get to the point where I can. I'm just not at that point. And so I'm meeting myself where I am. I'm meeting myself at my appropriate edge. And making these like wearable functional products has been like really beneficial for me really exciting for me and really it just makes a lot of sense and it really aligns with what I care about which I think is why I thought of it because my brain is was constantly trying to find ways to be more sustainable or just like be more mindful or repurpose and for the purpose of I love the way the paint peels look but also for the purpose of repurposing and you know making small dis different di, making small wins and making small changes where I can you know so that is kind of my story of my paint peels I that yeah I guess that's it so <laughs> I have been really excited about this journey but I wanted just to just explain exactly what they were and how I thought of it and like the origin story of it and I hope that it was, like, entertaining for everyone. And it, it has a lot to do with a lot. Like, there's so many things that lead up to this point. And I wouldn't have maybe thought of this if I 
there's so many reasons why maybe I wouldn't have thought of this and maybe so many reasons on why I did. And I'm just happy that it's a thing and I love being... I love having the paint peels being a part of my art identity and something that I do because once I hone in on something, I feel like I can grow it and it kind of like takes over. Like I don't know how to explain it, but I'll think I'll keep my brain will keep going about ways to keep going. And so that's what I've been doing with the paint peels and like trying to push those limits and make, you know, make things my own and bulldoze down like these norms of or these bulldoze down these just standards that people these assumptions like about resin art and this and that like I said I've gotten some weird feedback about resin art where people judge it and don't take it seriously I don't know I I don't know who comes up with these terms um so yeah, I don't really care <laughs> but it's just it's just important to make things your own so that is what I've been trying to do and I wanted to explain and give like a basically like a spotlight to my paint peel journey and my paint peel don't my paint peel story my paint peels in general and what I do. And I'm actually in a really crazy busy season with the paint peels right now because Christmas is coming up. And so I'm currently working on like 30 candles for a restock for a storefront that I have them in. So I have my paint peel products. That's the easiest way I just I can describe them. I don't know what else to call them, but you get what I'm saying now, hopefully. So my paint peel products I, I have in Atlo, which is a container store in Atlanta. It's a refill store. It's like a 130 or something square feet. It's like a little small container store. And you can get refills there. And it's like a sustainable store. So I really align with that store a lot. And I just got in there like this month putting my products in. Honestly, this week, last week, I think. And I also have my products in, and that's in West End, Atlanta. And then I also have my products in Community, which is a store in Athens that's also, and sustainability is important to them. So again, this has helped me align with like-minded businesses and small businesses that I really connect with and that makes sense for me. That's why it's important to do the things you want. That way you connect with the people that make sense for you. So they are, um, they do vintage clothing and they do like local art and uh, sustainable like seamstressing where they um make their own clothes out of like clothing scraps and they they do all kinds of really cool stuff and lots of like handmade and artisanal products there as well and they're big on sustainability and those are the places I'm in right now I hope to get in more but I have like an order of like 30 candles like a restock of 30 candles that I'm going to be making and Wow, that's a lot because I I had to buy more molds for that. And again, I'm working on making my own molds and like changing what I do. But I don't want to do that in the midst of this busy season for Christmas. So I'm actually, it's about 10 p.m. now and I'm actually about to pour some resin and make some products for them and some candle holders. If you want to check out some of the things that I make, you can look at my website. I'm assuming if you're listening to my podcast, though, maybe you found me from my website because that's where a lot of people find the podcast or my Instagram. So I'm assuming you probably already know what I make. But at least now you know how I made it and 
what brought me to those ideas and how they expanded and turned into something new. So that's my paint peel love affair. Thank you so much for listening. This has been really fun and something I've really wanted to talk about because I wanted just a a place that a landing page for someone to come to and hear exactly what it, it is and how it started. And this is that story. So thank you for listening and enjoying and If you have any paint you would like, or or materials, art, waste in general, that you're wanting to get rid of, you can email me. I think I sent an email at the beginning of this episode already. But you can email me and tell me what you want to get rid of. We can meet up if you're in Atlanta or you can ship it to me. And I always make a little something for someone for free just as a thank you. So I want to give back to you as a thank you if you do that. And as a thank you for choosing a way to minimize your art waste and footprint, as well as thank you for supporting me as well. So if anyone's interested in that, feel free to email me, juliaxx at gmail. I hope I said that earlier. I think I did. But anyways, I'm going to go now because I have a lot of resin to pour and it it's time. So thank you all for listening again. I think I said a few times, um, really excited for the interviews and stories coming up in the next couple of months. And I hope you all have a nice evening, night, day, morning, lunchtime, whenever you're listening.